more love than hurt. Like you shouldn't feel trapped or sad more than you are happy in a relationship or it's just not worth it. And I mean, it took me eight years and hell to figure that out, you know? What is up, shame gang? This is your host, Dominique, and welcome back to Shame Me Once, the podcast where I discuss taboo topics with shameless guests, because I'm here to bring light to the darkness with truth and understanding. See, my whole life I've been shamed for just purely being myself, and now I'm here to embrace the shame and let you know it's okay to be yourself. This is a safe space, so let your freak flag fly. You are loved, you are understood, and welcome to the shame-free zone. (sighs) Hello, everyone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Happy Wednesday. It's the middle of May. The weather is fucking beautiful in Austin, Texas, and I'm in a good space right now. If you can't tell, if you can't feel that, I'm literally snuggled up in my chair and I just got a little bit high. I've got my uh, Beach Street cold pressed juice because I'm cleansing right now and I just feel good. And today's the last day of the masturbation challenge. So I was going to wait and do my orgasms later, but I went ahead and did them now. And guys, I don't even know what time I got in the shower, but I swear I tapped into a new frequency today, a new frequency of orgasm. I was in the shower for, I don't know, I just got out at 4 p.m. and I was just really confused and I felt like I did shrooms or something. I honestly... After that masturbation session, I feel like I just went to Bali with my life partner and he just like ate my pussy like a boss for like an hour and a half. (laughs) I literally just went to Bali in my shower. In my mind. I'm so weird. I I thought about a lot of things in the shower today. I also tossed around the thought of this uh, orgasmic manifestation energy I don't know if you guys heard about that shit where you like you have you masturbate, you have an orgasm and then like you think about all the things you want to manifest while you're like experiencing this high vibration, this next level frequency. Um, I've been doing that. I feel like such a witch, but it's been great. Yeah, I'll just like think about I I literally will be like masturbating and I'll just be like, oh, money, a <laughs> uh, multi-million dollar business, <laughs> um, love of my life, um, private villa in Bali, mm. sex on the beach, literally, mm. and then I'll be like orgasm. I'm like there, I'm like envisioning it. And then I'm like orgasming to it. I've been like, we'll see you guys. Oh, felt so good. And now I'm like, so now I'm just sitting down with a microphone in front of me. And I was like, all right. I, sometimes I get a little bit nervous before I do these, but it's it's so funny, guys. I feel so good right now. Yeah, just really good. So I hope everyone's in a good place. I'm in the best place. Uh, speaking of the orgasm challenge, didn't know that May is technically national, like, masturbation month or something like that I should probably fact check that but I heard that somewhere so I'm rolling with it so yeah we're celebrating masturbation month with the masturbation challenge and since we're talking about orgasms I am very interested in knowing the story of your first orgasm so if you haven't already dm'd me 
please go ahead and DM me and tell me your story about your first orgasm so I can share it with the classroom. If you haven't already followed me on social media, I am on Instagram at shamemeoncepodcast, just like it sounds, shame me once podcast. You can follow me there. So as for the orgasm challenge, I have actually been doing it with a friend and we have both been reading the same literature recently. So I decided that we're going to do a couple episodes together and like just go hella in depth about everything we've learned about ourselves and how masturbating has changed our lives. So we're going to we're going to fucking we're just going to do a couple episodes on that and uh, we're going to put that out there for you coming up. That's what's coming up. I like this version of me. <laughs> Sips juice. Do you even juice, bro? Dude, I do. I do feel better. I do feel better juicing. I actually feel like super thick right now. If we don't talk about my body. But like, I don't know. I feel like sexy and thick. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like when you feel thick and you look in the mirror and you're like, ugh, <laughs> I'm not the sexy thick right now. I'm just like Meh, thick. You're like like cellulite thick, like white, like, you know, just not your best. Anyways, no, I feel like full thick right now. Like I, I've got rolls right now for some reason. Maybe it's the masturbating. I like love my rolls right now. I like saw my role in the mirror and I was like, you look pretty nice. I was like, that's never popped up in my head before. Usually it's a thought like, ew, (laughs) where'd you come from? Can you leave? But no, it was like such a nice, it was a nice thought. It was like, oh, hey there, cutie, patootie roll, little egg roll, my little egg roll. Yeah, guys, I'm like really loving life. Can you tell? This is why I need to do a series of fucking episodes about how every woman needs to masturbate and turn themselves on so you know what you want and then you just like go do it or don't. I don't know. It's kind of all about this is why it's been so hard for me to get work done. Yeah, I, I just can't stress enough how in the feminine I've been and how chill and relaxed and calm and carefree and just like sexy oh my god I felt so sexy and the moral of the story is masturbate bitches and that (laughs) and that's going to be that's going to continue to be the moral of the story for the weeks to come can't wait get excited we're gonna talk so much sex can't fucking wait but today My friend Shannon is coming on the show, and she's telling us a damn story. So y'all got to listen up. No, but seriously, Shannon Shannon is this beautiful, badass babe. She's an actress. She is a singer, an amazing singer, and she's a model. How could you not when you go look her up on her Instagram right now? Like, you're going to be like, oh, my God. And by the way, her Instagram is at Shannon X Robinson. That's S-H-A-N-N-O-N-X-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. Shannon X Robinson. She, in the past year, met, she met a guy, she met her boyfriend, and they're so cute. And she, I've never seen this chick so happy. 
And so I wanted to, I wanted her to tell her story about love. And that's what, that's why we're actually here today. You might have thought it was orgasms, but you're wrong. We're here to talk about love. But seriously, guys, go look at Shannon's Instagram because when you see her and her boyfriend, you're going to be like, this is that disgusting love that I hate. But hold on, catch yourself. You don't hate it, okay? You don't hate it because you actually love it. Don't fucking lie to yourself. Everybody wants this love. They're so fucking cute. It's disgusting. And I want to talk about it. You know what? Live in the vibration and lift other women up and let her be happy and let, let I don't know, just fucking embrace the positivity of love and this bitch getting swept off her feet because no lie, guys, this is a fairy tale. I love it. The story has to be told and I'm glad that you guys get to hear it here. Let's dive on in. Enjoy. Welcome to the shame-free zone, Shannon. Thank you. Glad to yeah. be here. I know the moment that you reached out to me, I was super excited to collab and like do something with you because you are so involved. One, dude, you just do everything. Like you're an actress, <laughs> you're a fucking singer, you're a model. And like, what, what else are you doing these days? It's kind of, yeah, I wear every hat I possibly can trying to work on a YouTube, considering going down the game streaming route as well right now so whoa i'm just yeah just trying to keep busy basically i'm trying to do everything that i've put off since i was 18 be like i gotta at least try so oh my god dude that's amazing i didn't even know you were doing that much i knew about this movie yeah so listeners i'm actually in the philippines so very far away from you guys um i moved here from austin last year to try mostly sing but also act and um, just kind of fell into my lap. I did a year of freelance work, met an agent, really didn't want to sign but she had a really good feeling about her so I signed with her and literally two weeks after that I got booked for like a thriller horror film which is my dream. Initially I was supposed to be the lead um, but it was all in Tagalog so Filipino and it was just way too intense to learn the language in three to five months like as fluently as I needed to for this film so she actually got me written into the movie which I feel really lucky about. Dude you're exciting. That's incredible. Yeah a lot of pressure but really good so well, I can't it's wait. In like till... two weeks. <laughs> What's it? Are you allowed to like give the name? What's it called? Um, it's called Tatlong Gabi Tatlong Arao. So that means three days, three nights. And it's basically about like this really small remote village where there really isn't much going on. And there are just really strange, violent abductions happening night by night over three nights and in broad daylight. Yeah, it's kind of about trying to figure out what is happening oh my god dude i'm so excited for you that's gonna be like thank you life-changing and and like so much fun and i hope so (laughs) yes so i know that you have a plethora of stories to tell Mm -hmm. um and (laughs) if you guys don't know shannon she is currently in a beautiful relationship with a cutie Mm -hmm. Football player, but if you are an American, which most of you are, a uh, soccer player. But that that's all new. And be, when I knew her back in Austin, uh, the whole situation was very, very different. And her story Jeez. is just 
so beautiful that I, I wanted her to come on today and talk to everybody about, well, basically all her bullshit in the past relationship and how it kind of led to where she's at now. So yeah, let's give us a little bit of backstory in your, sure. in your last relationship or just your whole dating life here in Austin. Yeah, so I got to Austin in 2012, so I just turned 18. Within, I would say, the first week of me living there, I stumbled across this guy at my first job. He was my manager, actually. It just kind of got very intense very quickly. So I think I met him in September of 2012, and by October that I love you's were already exchanged and I was already kind of like face deep in it so for eight years that was very on and off I think our longest break was maybe a year but it was never really definitive because unfortunately it was just constant emotional or physical cheating and it was always behind my back it was ne- there was never like a coming clean moment i would just always find out in like a really unfortunate way and apparently didn't love myself enough back then the first time it happened to just cut it all off so hey we all go um, through it <laughs> yeah but that was the same story i got to say for 8 years it was always another girl another couple of girls another conversation or just something that you're not supposed to do so i would say probably around 4 or 5 years into it it just kind of became open without there being conversation about it. Like I knew whenever this person would be gone. Um, let me give him a name. We'll say, we'll just say his name is John to make it easier. Okay, um, John. <laughs> we'll say John, every time he would leave or I would go somewhere or just be at my own place for work, I would come back just to a shitstorm of God knows what, like no accountability for where he was a specific night really late text messages between like three and five in the morning um just really obvious signs of something weird happening like I'm pretty open you know if it were a friend or you know someone needs me at this time I would not question it but it was just always well well, why do you ask or don't worry about it it's like well now you've said that I'm gonna worry about it that's just Um, so crazy that this went on for four well at this point you started to get tired of it at like four or five years and not only that But you told me that it was an open relationship, but I thought that you went into it knowing that it was going to be an open relationship. Like it no, a- I wish I knew. I, I guess I should have specified better. It was very much like that quick, crazy, passionate, like, I love you. You're my soulmate. We're going to be together forever. Even if things aren't super steady right now, like we are going to end up together after all this bullshit is over, you know? So it was just really wishful thinking on my part without realizing that. And to be honest, like knowing him, I think it was wishful thinking on his part as well. He really did want to change, but just didn't have the mental strength to, or I think he had some sort of like Peter Pan syndrome going on. Every time we would split up or just not be on speaking terms, like people that were friends of me would get involved with him. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I don't, like, I guess I do know what it is about this guy. Cause I, I keep coming back for so many years, but it was a lot of people and we were in kind of the same circle in Austin. So all his friends were my friends, all his best friends were my best friends. So it just got really confusing for all of us. And I'm sure it's embarrassing for you because you're having to oh, like, completely. having to, you know, 
like people are coming up to you like wasn't he just with that other girl and like like what the fuck do you say yeah exactly it was at the point where like I don't think people wanted to tell me anymore because I hated it but I got to that point where it's like it was like oh it's Shannon like they'll end up back together so it's not a big deal so a lot of the time I would find out about the stuff after I would take him back or we'd be back in each other's lives and it was like okay I can get over this or I can call him out about it but that'll probably lead to me going back home again and us not speaking for a couple of weeks or a month so it was really embarrassing and in your head you're like it's just like not even worth it so we're just like not even gonna fight about this and not even gonna bring it up exactly and it was it was it got to a point where it was like I'm used to this like does this hurt more than the last time so yeah it was just really confusing for me I'm sure for him I definitely missed out on a lot of good things that could have happened just from being so loyal or partial to him Mm -hmm. but I know most women are there at some point in their life like just like that one person they can't rid of so oh yeah and it's usually very toxic and like a big fallout to learn a big lesson that you have to learn yeah exactly and it, it got to a point where before I came here so all of 2018 I think I was at my most social like I was out almost every single night of the week and it got to a point where people were just like what are you doing why are you doing this to yourself like I think you're cool like I want to get to know you I want to take you out but like I don't want to get involved in that because everyone's going to know about it and I don't want to be left for you to go make yourself look like an idiot again and I think the first time I heard that was like a big turning point for me oh my god yeah and it was this guy that I was really good friends with that I definitely thought was attractive and he thought I was attractive and we would always want to hang out together and a couple times during the off periods with me and John we would hang out nothing would really happen but it would be really nice and really cool, but we both knew like this is temporary and that was no one's fault but mine, to be honest. Shannon, that's so crazy. You had a <laughs> you had a fucking boyfriend that was out there like cheating his ass off on you and like you knew yeah. and here's this guy that's so into you and like is right there for you and like Yeah. You're like, sorry, I'm with someone. Like it wasn't yeah, it wasn't really like that. So he oh, knew he, of John first. He didn't want to um, get involved, is what you're saying. Like with Yeah, he liked spending time with me. We had a great time together. We had great nights out, great nights in. Our relationship did get physical when John and I would be off, but every time I would kind of get a little bit quiet or all of a sudden not be so free, he'd be like, dude, like why are you doing this? Like I'm right here and I was like I know you're right there like I want to go there so badly but clearly I'm an idiot so. no oh, not an yeah. idiot we're all just young and we're young and, <laughs> and, and dumb for a little bit until we're not yeah you know? <laughs> and I kind of got to that point where I was like do I want to settle down like am I just going to ride out this toxic relationship until it's done and then go be free and have fun and date who I want to date but the reality was like if I was in Austin, it was never gonna happen. It it was too small for me to get away from. Right. Oh dude, I know. Like you come here and you think it's so big and then you find out when you like start dating and like especially if you start mm-hmm. sleeping with people, you're just like, Wow, this is a really fucking small place. So Yeah. The circle's too small, the social circles even smaller. Cause if you go out in Austin, you tend to stick to like the places you love because I there are bars I hate with a burning passion in Austin and bars where I feel comfortable. I'm like, 
I probably will get along with most of the people here. I've seen them all around before, so I don't feel as sketched out. But right, totally. The circles are all way too small there, and I just couldn't, could not get away from this person. So let's let's talk about like the big fallout before yeah. the move. Okay, less than a year before I left, John and I had moved in together. Well, I'd moved into his house. And we also decided to get a dog together, which it's not the smartest thing on my part to do. Because <laughs> to me, that was like, okay, he's finally settling down. He's, he's getting it. Like, he never wanted to do that before. So like, stupid little me was like, oh, this is great. Nothing's going to go wrong from here. But yeah. We're getting sadly, a dog. This, this is going to fix yeah, everything. It's going to fix everything. I mean, at least it wasn't a baby. So. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Close enough. But yeah, we got this puppy. Things were, I would actually say the most stable at that point. Like it was less hectic, less doughty. We both were really happy in our jobs. And I was living in the house. So there was less opportunity for him to go be an idiot, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and around the time I moved in with him were was about the same time him and I were both going through something really nasty. So his dad was slowly deteriorating. My grandpa, who was like a second dad to me, was also going through the same thing. And they were also kind of going through like, the same illness. Just a really crazy coincidence anyways. Yeah. And it's hard. It was hard to relate to because for me, my grandpa was so far and his dad had moved to Austin with his mom so he could be closer to family because his sibling was in Austin as well. So he was definitely juggling, you know, having a relationship, playing music for a living, as well as being a bartender at night and taking shifts, taking care of his dad. So it was a really busy time for him. Um, That sounds like a lot. Doesn't sound like an excuse, but it sounds like a lot, you know. Yeah, not an excuse, but a lot. And it was just a hard balance of how I could be there for him because he really had a big problem with me saying like, are you okay? Or how are you doing? So it was more for him. It was just like, Mm -hmm. don't ask me, like, just be there for me. So I tried to do that the best way I could. I tried to just be very present and kind of stress-free. I wouldn't really like rant about the negative day I had at work because obviously he had much bigger things on his mind. But at the same time, I was kind of suppressing everything I was feeling about my grandpa because I couldn't do what he was doing and I would have loved to. So... Basically, yeah. like, you were over there trying to console him and be a good girlfriend. And like, you knew, like, you knew what he was going through because like you were going through it, but like, yeah. ultimately you needed that love and that connection and like that person to console you. And he exactly so caught up with himself. He just kind of went for yeah. that. And he also had like a lot of personal battles because his relationship with his dad wasn't great. I think it was dealing with like a lot of regret, a lot of like, I wish I would have done this. And like, I hope the memories he does have of of him like are good. He was definitely going through a lot, but he wouldn't talk about it. And because I couldn't ask, it was just kind of like we were together. I would wait up for him to come home at night. We would sleep next to each other, but everything kind of fizzled out. There was no sort of conversation. The physical aspect of a relationship was gone. And we were just kind of like living together, taking care of our dog and going about our days. So it was just, it just got really awkward really fast. So I think it was at the peak 
January of 2019 and then February I found out that I had to go to the Philippines for a couple of months to take um, care of your grandpa to take care right? of my grandpa yeah so that definitely added a big stress on both of us it was two months but it could be longer like if my grandpa holds on or like has a miraculous recovery like I'm not gonna leave until I know he's getting better or unless he passes basically right and like you were coming back because basically like it was your what your mom and your aunt that were taking care of him Mm -hmm. and they were both at their wit's end because I think they were almost a year into doing that and not sleeping and you know dementia is a really hard thing to deal with especially if it's your kids because he didn't really remember them or if he did he would get really angry and their emotions were so caught up into it it was just too emotional for them to deal with yeah I had basically just gone through my nursing program and I was like I know I can do this I'm pretty emotionally strong I always compare myself to Cameron Diaz from the holiday because it's almost (laughs) impossible for me to cry and I hate that about myself but yeah I just knew I just knew I could do it and that they needed me wait this is such a side question but like what's Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's your sign I'm a Virgo oh okay yeah that's pretty Virgo of you. You're pretty earthy. Yeah. Not very emotional yes, at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you went you went to the Philippines and Yeah, and- so I went to the Philippines to kind of take over, but before I left, I had this idea for a conversation with him and it was like, look, I'm gonna be gone for two months. If if you could, if you could be somewhat hundred percent faithful to me, that would make my life a lot easier. And I can promise the same to you, but Like you said, you just need someone there for you. And now I need the same because I'm going to be basically working a full-time job while going through something really emotionally difficult. And the last thing I need to deal with is having like bad thoughts in the back of my mind that our relationship is going to crap because it, because it was already deteriorating. I was ready to have that conversation when I got back about what we were doing and just to call it like, let's do this or let's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not too much to ask for. This is like it's too normal. Much. <laughs> this is like normal things to ask of a significant other of like eight years. Yeah, you know? I mean, it would be for for most relationships, like the one I'm in now, it would be no question. I mean, it wouldn't even be a conversation. No. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It was weird that it was a conversation. That you make a really good point. Yeah, it wouldn't even be a fucking conversation. It would just be like you yeah. just know. like you just know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's not a normal thing to be like, hey, boyfriend, could you be faithful to me for two months? And when I get back, we can just talk about what's going on here. So yeah, it was hard for me to get there because I kind of just took the back seat for so long and kind of accepted what it was. And I wasn't ready to deal with that before I left. So I was like, we'll deal with it when I get back. Let's just be good to each other. And surprisingly enough, it was like he found it funny. Whether or not he was acting, I will never know. But he was like, of course, like... I would never do that to you. It's like, well, we have. (laughs) But you you have over and over and over again. Yeah, you have when I was when I was living five miles away, let alone five thousand or whatever it is. For some reason I had a good feeling about it. I was like, okay, like this was a productive, non-argumentative, non-confrontational conversation. So maybe he kind of gets that I'm at the same place he is now. So yeah, we had a great chat took me to the airport I had a little I miraculously had a little cry um and he was like (laughs) yeah the last thing he said was like please don't worry like you can do this 
we'll be fine. Just worry about your family. And I was like, okay, that's what I needed. That's good. So fast forward to me getting to the Philippines. I would say within the first three days, I knew it would be a problem. There was no text. There was no phone calls. There was really no conversation or communication. After you got there from him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, so I, I was. I live here. I don't even know this guy, but like, I'm just yeah. like done. So I'm so done with that. <laughs> okay. Okay, John. All right. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Thanks, John. <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't that I wasn't used to it. I was just really surprised because I was so far away. And every time I would go home to England or visit the Philippines in the past, it was almost like we spoke more. But every time he'd be away for music, I was kind of used to this behavior. So it just took me by surprise because of the timing and because of my shifts taking care of my grandpa. It would have worked out perfectly with talking with the time it was in Austin because at the time I think you guys are like 14 hours behind. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I knew it would be an issue. Waited it out a little bit. And then I think about two weeks in, I kind of hit my breaking point and was like, what the heck is going on? Like you're not talking to me. And like, just as you wanted me to be there for you, like, I need the same thing. Like, this is not fair. I have no idea. At all? Like, it would be like the typical, good morning. How are you? What'd you do today? I'm going to work. Talk to you later. And just got home from work. So tired. Talk to you tomorrow. Oh yeah. Super, super in-depth. Great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Great conversation. (laughs) And it just, it just angered me even more because all my best friends were our roommates and they were talking to me almost every single day. And I was like do you not come home and see that they're talking to me and be like, oh, I should probably go do that. Like, it wasn't like you had no reminder. Uh, One of my best friends would always have my back and be like, so are you going to give her a call? Or yeah, it was just, it was just nothing. Um, You should just never have to remind anybody to love us. Like that's like, I'm so, uh, sorry. I'm it's okay. The realization since I'm triggered right now. I get triggered when I think of my own past, honestly. Like, <laughs> You're such an idiot. Like, what's wrong with you? Oh, God, the decisions you make. But yes, okay, so he's, yeah. he's not talking to you, and you've been there for so two weeks not. at this point. Yeah, maybe even less, to be honest. Like, I might be, I might be being nice here, but it felt like a really long time. He kind of made me feel like I was in the wrong. So, like, I told you before, like, I need you to be here for me, and, like, you calling me out about, not talking to you like do you really think that's about you like what about me and I was like okay well if you would talk to me then I would know what's going on and vice versa but it's not all one-sided I won't ask you what's wrong you can tell me if you want to but like I want you to ask me what's wrong or what happened with my day or how I'm dealing how I'm coping with this so it just got bad really fast so I think I hit a breaking point about a week after that I was like, look, you got to talk to me. I cannot do this. Like, you're making this really hard for me when this already should be difficult enough. Like, I don't need you to make this more difficult. He was really empathetic. was like, you're right. I'm an idiot. I'll tell you what. Like, let's make it a habit that every time I come home from work, which would be between 2 to 5 a.m. in Austin, because he worked at a bar, Mm -hmm. I'll give you a call because it would work out to be like between 6 and 10 p.m. for me. So it worked out perfectly. We made a plan to do that. The next day, we were going to start that whole scheduled call thing. So the next day comes around. I wait till it gets to like the, the latest I've ever seen him come home from work. So it was five, no text. And I was like, okay. Messaged him, obviously, like, are you okay? What's going on? Like, you should be at home by now. 
I got like this really like frantic message that was like oh like worshipped ever I can't believe they're doing this I'm still here closing I wasn't even I'm not even supposed to be the last person to leave and I'm still here and that just sat really weird with me because I was with him from when he got that job and I've been at home waiting up for him before just to make sure like he's fine and he does make it home and it's just never been this late before so I was like okay this is strange um so I get on my laptop to FaceTime him he keeps sending me the same thing like still here still here and it must have been like six in the morning in Austin at that point and I was like there's just no way like there is no way well because now there's there's not I've never been at the bar past five I've been at the bar at 5 a.m twice in the year and a half I've been here yeah like for festivals you know what I mean like that Mm -hmm. that that doesn't happen it doesn't and it was like I think it was May so there was no I, I mean I was I worked at a bar for South by so I knew it was just total crap it was like you seem to forget that I kind of do the same thing you do um, right <laughs> I work, yeah like I work at a restaurant bar and I work at a bar in Rainy Street so I don't know who you think you're fooling but yeah so just something felt off and second so, coincidence over here so um, it's 6 a.m. It's 6 a.m. I open my laptop and my Find My Friends app is jumping, jumping on my MacBook. And I'm like, okay, because me and my girlfriends all have each other's locations just for like safety reasons, date reasons, you know, whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, And he seems to have forgotten that when he went on the road and I guess we were on a good phase, he was like, I'm going to share my location with you. So you always know where I am like, because I love you. (laughs) So... I see this thing jump in and I'm like, oh God, I'm going to click on find my friends. And I clicked on it. He was the first name to come up and he was about six miles away from the bar he worked at. And if that wasn't enough, it also showed up that he was on the UT campus somewhere. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to chill and play this out right. And I said, (laughs) I texted him and I was like, so you said you were closing the bar, right? another message yeah yeah it's so frantic can't believe I'm still here and I was like oh okay um and we're talking about the bar you work at every night correct I was like huh yeah of course where else would I be and I was like oh where funny. else would you be <laughs> yeah I just said completely can't funny because I don't remember this bar being on 35th street I could feel the panic through the screen <laughs> like text Any- bubbles they disappear text bubbles disappear well and he's super narcissistic too right super because it just seems like he like gaslighted you a lot so like he's probably just Mm -hmm. like in his head like what the fuck do i say to turn this back around on her exactly and i think throughout the eight years of on and offness he got this idea in his head that i was crazy like i wasn't crazy i was just like angry every time he messed up i don't know who needs to hear this, but one, the women's intuition is very real. And two, if we wanted to find out anything, we could do it. Like I could find out anything I wanted to about my significant other, no matter who it was. So it was just like, so just be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Like don't, don't bullshit me. I'm not stupid. Like maybe I'm stupid for staying around, but I am not stupid. Like I know what's going on. I said that message. And after like maybe two minutes, I got like, huh, what are you talking about? Do you have someone following me? And it was like, oh, 
you did this you to yourself yeah like you forgot I never asked you to share your location with me you wanted to and I guess you forgot to delete that so I can see where you are like no matter what you think I'm crazy I'm not on the wrong here like even if you're not doing anything you're lying to me you're telling me you're at work and you're not actually no before he calls me he sends me a message that's like you are giving me a lot of anxiety right now like I can't barely breathe and I was like that is called guilt like you are feeling (laughs) guilty because I caught you in a lie oh my god that's exactly what it is (laughs) like I'm glad you said it (laughs) I know it was like do you not know what that feeling is I guess it was like one of the first times he had felt that I don't know but as soon as he said that I was like oh yeah that's the feeling I got when I would skip school and my mom would send me a text and I was like oh god she knows yeah. <laughs> well and it's and here I, I think he really did love you yeah but I think there's just like some people have very narcissistic characteristics like they don't know like when they hurt somebody else they don't know how to process that and let alone like be self self-reflective I can't think of the word yeah basically they can't apply that to them so they they kind of project out to the other person and like this emotion that they're feeling like guilt that's that you're right like that was the anxiety because he's like I hurt somebody that I love I I feel like it's my fault but I don't think it's my fault but is it my fault like yeah he's not capable of processing yes I mean I think everyone's capable but I don't think he's willing to be open and capable so yeah yeah and I think that that was definitely why I held on for so long like there was no doubt in my mind that he loved me that was never an issue like I knew he did and everyone that knew us knew that as well so like the friends that we did have that were mutual friends kind of always were okay with our situation because they were like they really really love each other it was never any like bullshit from our friends because they would tell me that you know when you guys break up he is a wreck he only talks about how much he misses you and I was kind of the same way only I didn't talk about how much I missed him I just it was just obvious but I would just try my best to like drown it out with other people I knew he loved me but I was just I think I finally hit that point of like if you love me why are you doing this like why do you keep doing this so I kind of like turned into like a mom and I've sent him a text like you have five minutes to call me or I will never speak to you ever again. And he did. He called me. Yeah. And I could hear that he was either in an Uber or driving home. And he said the same thing. He texted me like, like, oh, I can't breathe right now. Like, what are you doing? Like, I can't, I don't understand what's going on. And I was like, no, like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, you made this big gesture, admitted your mistakes last night, scheduled us to have phone calls together. And you can't even be honest about where you are. I'm a pretty understanding person and I am a very social person as well. And there have been so many times where after I've closed the bar, my friends had like a gathering or we would go have drinks somewhere and I would just tell you like, hey, had a really crazy shift, going to go unwind with my friends. I'll be home at this time. I'll call you at this time. And like, if he would have done that, yes, granted, I would have been annoyed because of the plans we made, but I would have appreciated it so much more. And because he didn't do that, I kind of knew he was doing something he shouldn't have been. So I think he could hear that I was just desperate. And I was just like, please just tell me the truth. Like, what are you doing? Where are you? And like, why was it so important? And he was just like, silent for a good two to five minutes of just silence. And he just sighed and was like, I met two girls at the bar and they have an Airbnb on campus and I went there with them and I was like perfect that's all I needed to hear he was like so so that's it I was like no 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 that's not it like I just need a minute (laughs) 
and I went just from like a hundred to a million just fuck you like fuck all these years I've given you like I don't understand why I don't think you understand why but I'm just done like the volcano fucking exploded basically finally yeah finally and like for some reason the eight years I was with this person I was not like the bubbly loud non-filtered me like with everyone else with him I was a bit more reserved scared to upset him it was so bizarre like just a person like a a version of myself I had no idea like who she was at all which is I think why my family had such a big problem with our relationship because I would just kind of like my dad likes to say that I turned into a bimbo when I was around him because I would just be like googly eyed and like I was his girlfriend basically and not Shannon and a lot of people actually said that to me when I was talking about earlier like people in the same social circle as us that would say like why are you doing this they would always say like you are so cool but when you are with him you are not you dude this isn't just you I know this for so like a lot of women I fucking do this I I know like my roommate does it like I I, Mm -hmm. and I had this conversation with her because like after her last relationship, I was like, dude, I know you're hurting right now, but goddamn, there's nothing like single Tyler. Like, yeah, like you're dating yep. somebody. I don't know who the fuck. I don't even like your laugh isn't even the same laugh. Like you're just like not the same person. I I just don't know why we like morph into this person that you know. Neither. And it it was even weirder because he noticed it too. Like whenever we'd be in a social setting or like our friends would come over. John would be like oh you're fun tonight like you're really loud and bubbly tonight I like it and I was like I'm always like this except for when I'm alone with you like this is so weird like you're acknowledging that you like this version of me but that is me and I'm really not me because I think I was just so scared to upset him or make things weird or awkward like I just don't know I don't think my normal personality meshed with him but when I met him I mean, I had just moved to Austin from England. I had no friends. I, I knew nobody. Right. And he was kind of the first person to be like, let me show you around. Like, let me introduce you to people. And it just so happened that like we fell for each other in that. But like you two grew, I mean, you grew up and you yeah. turned into a more, well, you, you just became more yourself. I mean, it's understandable that you grow apart and obviously like everything has an expiration date. After, I mean, him finally telling the truth for the first time, for the first time. So you broke up with him? Like right, like right there? Right there, right then on the phone. And it, it was, it was just rough because it was a really angry, zero closure breakup. And at the time I thought I was going back to Austin. My dog was at his house and the plan actually was, so our best friends were actually getting married in Idaho in May. So that's when I was going to go back. And I was either going to fly back to the Philippines from Idaho or go back to Austin if everything was okay. So I just had like this horrible feeling like, oh, the first time I'm going to see him is at like one of my best friend's weddings. And I have no idea what it's going to be like. I know I'm going to be cordial and fine and normal, but like, I don't want to ruin anyone's time by having bad energy in the room. And it was, it was a really small wedding. I think there was going to be like 10 to 12 of us there and all of us would be staying in the same house. I knew we would have to have another conversation at some point, but I just, I was not willing to have it for a while. Right. So yeah, 
that was the big big moment I think it was like the last day of April that happened so when did you meet when did you meet Kurt okay so after that phone call my friend in from Austin was actually in the Philippines and I was supposed to be taking her on a night out Uh, we were going to go get tattoos together so I texted her and I was like please just come over early because I'm feeling very destructive right now so we went out together met a few friends and I'm sitting in this like little bar and I get a message on Instagram and this is not some stranger I've been talking to this guy as friends for a while but this is where Kurt comes in um he sends me this message like hey how spontaneous are you and I was a little tipsy kind of feeling myself I was like um I'm more spontaneous than you why he was like okay great well I have a trip with my friends for two weeks from now the person I was bringing I don't want to bring anymore long story will explain when I see you but you should come instead and I was like oh okay maybe I'm not as spontaneous as I think I am but (laughs) I text my mom and obviously she could hear through the bedroom like me screaming at John earlier that day so she was just like go like please go you deserve this and Next coincidence over here, the date of the trip lined up with my two days off from taking care of my grandpa, and I was going to go somewhere anyway, so it kind of worked out perfectly. really worked out perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, and he was like, I don't want any money from you, like, I've already booked it, like, please don't feel bad, like, I was going to pay for this person anyway, I just don't want this ticket to go to waste, so just let me know. Um. Just let me know in a couple of days. And I was just like, no, I'm coming. Like, I'm how, definitely coming. Sign how quick was the how quick was the trip? Like it was like uh, it was just two the, nights. But I mean, like, so basically there was a fallout with your with your ex-boyfriend. Your friend mm-hmm. was in town that like was already yeah. in town. And that day that you guys broke up, Kurt asked you to go on this trip. And then like, yeah. When was the trip? Like how far out? Two two weeks from that day shit dude yeah okay okay and <laughs> so you've was, never you've never met Kurt in person never met him never met him at all he's just like meet me at 5 a.m and like let's yeah <laughs> meet me at 5 a.m at the airport a bunch of friends will be there like he knew what I was in the Philippines for but yeah he was like just come and we at that point we had never flirted it was just like really good conversation we're both, so I'm half Filipino. He's full Filipino, but he was born and raised in England. So we had just like a lot to talk about through Messenger. And I'm just really not a texter at all. But the fact that I could text him so openly and like there was never any like weird, I don't know what to say moments. I was just mm-hmm. like, this will be fun. Like if anything, I'll get a, some new friends out of this. So yeah, I agreed to this trip. For the two weeks before, we had tried several times to meet up. But it just never worked with my schedule and his schedule. He was always away for football. I was always basically working nights, taking care of my grandpa. So it just didn't work out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> let's just let's let's take it to the day where you meet him at the airport and you for sure you fly away <laughs> with him. <laughs> so it's five a.m. on May the seventh. I meet him at the airport. He's late, but not any stressful amount of late I was it just made me more anxious to meet him I was like oh god (laughs) I'm just meeting this person for the first time and 
side note, I'm a very anxious flyer. So, and I'm really embarrassed about the fact that I am. So I was, I, w- I was more anxious about showing this person I've never met, like how much of a wreck I am when I travel. Wait, you mean like you're like a, meeting this person? Like you're super like anal about it, like being there on time and like having like no, time to do things or? Not even that. I have like this irrational fear of flying, even though I fly so much. <laughs> that is so funny. So you're like meeting this guy and you're like caught, like you're yeah, about have, to be in like it's, a fierce, fearful state. Yeah. And it's super psycho. Like from the, I have to know two weeks before I'm going to travel. Otherwise I can't, I cannot do it. I need to like <laughs> men- mentally psych myself up for this process. Like, okay, 10 days till you fly, Shannon. Like you've got this. <laughs> I have like this whole ritual. I, honestly, it's, I'm kind of a psycho when I fly. Like I always have to wear the same pair of socks, oh my God. Um, <laughs> the same top and the same jacket. And do you need a jacket in the Philippines? Absolutely not. But do I wear one? Yes, I need to. So this is so funny. I, it's so and it like it annoys me. But like my family are so used to it. Like two days before we ever go anywhere, they're like, "No one talked to Shannon. We're flying in less than forty-eight hours." And it's true. <laughs> like, don't bother talking to me because I'm a complete mess. I never sleep the night before I fly as well because I have to like basically sedate myself to get on a plane. So I just stay up all night and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm so tired. Let's just get this over with. <laughs> oh my God. You totally left this out the first time you told me this. This was so yeah. funny. It's just a side teeter that I'm not proud of. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm already there early and I hadn't slept and it's five in the morning and I'm like, I've got huge bags under my eyes. I also just so happened to wake up with like the biggest spot in my face that I've ever seen in my life. It's like, well, that's great. Perfect. <laughs> going to going to a beach, no makeup, and like Mount Vesuvius comes with me. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah. He's gonna so love I'm you at your worst. He's gonna waiting. love you at your best. Well, see, I mean, at that point, I had, I was like not even attracted to him. So I was just like, he's just going to think I'm some weirdo. He's going to be like, who the heck did I freaking invite on this trip? Like, what the hell did I oh do? Oh my God. So anyway, he comes and just like from the minute we say hello, it was fine. Like it was better than fine. We just had great conversation. He was just like a big breath of fresh air and I hate saying that I have a type, but I totally did in Austin. And he was the complete opposite to anything I would have ever like fancied. And I found him really good looking, which I didn't expect to. So I was just like, oh, okay. Like maybe my intentions of this trip are changing a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Did you feel like an immediate chemistry? Yeah, it was so strange because he he was telling me before, like on Messenger, that he was kind of a shy person. And I was just kind of like, can't relate. Like I could talk to anyone. Um, <laughs> can't relate. But, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So I was, I was just kind of like, OK, I'll hold the conversation. Like I'll be the loud one. And if you're shy, then I'll just like talk for both of us. <laughs> But like, yeah, you it was had just, a great conversation and you went to the island and yeah and it was a total breeze and like by the, so we got there at like 8 a.m met his friends that went great as well and we just it, it was it was like we came together without meeting for the first time it, it just made sense so I would say probably by 11 a.m that day we were both kind of like oh shit like we are definitely going to be more than friends like, this is kind of crazy 
And that was at the so end much. of day one. Yeah, that was day one. That was like a few hours into knowing each other. Okay. At this point, it wasn't even so much about like the conversations we had. That like, conversation was great, but it was more just like we both had like this weird underlying feeling that there was like something bigger here. So our friends kind of split off from us that afternoon and him and I just chilled at the pool at our hotel. And that's when it was like, like three to four hours just went by of us talking, kind of like dissecting our lives up until this point of the beach trip. And we just had so many things in common happen. Like he had just gotten out of a relationship where he got viciously cheated on as well, constantly. And he was kind of getting over that. And that's, that's kind of why he planned this trip because it had been a few months since, since they'd broken up mm-hmm. um, and he just needed to kind of let loose because he hadn't had any breaks between the breakup and his job. Yeah, we both just didn't really have an intention on meeting anyone that would, that would become anything serious or right. just we kind of just both lost faith in relationships for a bit. We were kind of bonding over that, like not really knowing at that point that we would fall into a really good relationship we were just both like really bonding on what we both had just gone through so when did you when did it become physical go ahead it it got physical actually got physical like that night slash slash next morning okay cool it was really quick we we had like a big night out and then we did we kind of did the same thing got back to the hotel we're chilling we're talking and it just kind of happened and it was great. I was like, what's wrong with this guy? There has to be something really wrong. Like, this shouldn't be this good. But yeah, it was weird before that because after that first long pool conversation, we kind of felt ourselves holding hands, which is just very intimate. Very, um, very. And I was like, this is so bizarre. Like, I what? remember like holding my boyfriend of eight years hands and being like well this is nice because we never really did it so to do that within a few hours I was just like what's happening dude holding someone's hand is more intimate than sucking someone's dick like let's be real I like agree. It's, yeah <laughs> it is it is it's I don't know what it is about it but it's just like such it's such a small gesture but like a grand gesture and yeah yeah I don't know and also like you have to feel like safe with that person, mm-hmm. I feel like for it to feel good, you know? Yeah, not awkward. And it wasn't awkward. Like we both didn't really realize we did it. We were just kind of like floating around this pool and it happened. And then him and I both kind of looked at the same time. And we're like, whoa. When he was like, what are you doing? Why are you holding my hand? And I, I was like, okay, relax. And he was like, I'm kidding. But this is weird. <laughs> I never do this. It's like same. Neither of us were very PDA people. So we were both kind of just like taken aback at the same time. Um, well, but now so you yeah. are. So <laughs> yeah, now I'm disgusting. <laughs> now I, you know what? I love it. I like see you two on social media and I, it, it makes me happy because there was a point in time where I used to want that mushy gushy love. And then like my heart mm-hmm. went cold to it. And I'm like, I would see yeah. people out and I'm like, that's disgusting. Like, ew, yeah. nobody <laughs> wants to see that. But now I'm in a point where it's like, if I see two people that really love each other and they're like making out in public, I'm like, fuck it. I'm so happy. I hope you guys have great sex later. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, I can't help but to celebrate it. From what I see, like you two just seem so into each other and so happy. I mean, obviously I know relationships are not perfect, but mm-hmm. you seem to be the happiest you've yeah, I've ever, ever been, been, honestly. Yeah. I am. 
totally and like fast forward to us getting back or whatever it was just pretty much you were inseparable bearing in mind that he works all over the world for his job playing football so I think a couple days after we got back he was gone again and it was just like the difference was just night and day I obviously had some underlying anxiety about kind of like a long distance thing Mm -hmm. but it was just like every spare second he got he was either updating me when he couldn't talk like a really nice long message he'd call me every night like we would talk like three to four times a day easily so he would basically he would check in just like your ex wouldn't yeah I mean and he was a lot busier than my ex was like my ex was on the road a lot so he would have hours and hours in the car to call or text and it wasn't like weird or anything because everyone in the car I either lived with or was my best friend so even they would be like you should probably call your girlfriend. Right. You wouldn't. So you didn't have so to ask it was, to do a damn thing. Kurt was just like... Not one thing. It was just... I, I, I was waiting for it, honestly. I was waiting to feel like that kind of like same sadness I used to feel when I would check my phone. There'd be nothing there. But it was like oh. there would always be something there. So it was really nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. That just like hit my heart okay go yeah, on it was <laughs> yes. it was hard times back then but yeah it was it was just so nice and it it was like I was scared because you were at the point where it was like kind of lustful and like you needed to be around that person any second you could and I was like I don't know how long this is gonna last for um but it just it kind of never really fizzled out usually with me I have like two weeks of bliss and then I'm kind of like I kind of see the cracks and I'm like this is what I don't like I don't really like this I'm probably not in as into it as I was a couple weeks ago but it just kept kind of going so would you are you still in lust in a sense with him yeah extremely so which I didn't know was possible until I met him so it's it's been I mean I've lived with him now for six months because of everything that's going on um and it's still the same every morning we always like have great conversation. It's like so nice to wake up to him. He's always happy to see me. I'm always happy to see him. It's just crazy different and like just kind of unbelievable, really. I mean, it was it, it was divine timing because okay, so let's to like tie it all together. Your grandfather, sorry to say, but you know, yes. like ended up passing away. Yeah. So I would. It was about a month into it my grand my grandfather passed away um and he just so happened to be in town when that happened so I was actually I was actually at his apartment and I my phone died and I plugged it in I woke up just randomly at like seven in the morning and I plugged my phone and I just had that kind of weird gut feeling and then he kind of shot up checked his phone and he had a few notifications from my family like hey please send Shannon home right now. Like we think, we think Lola's about to pass my grandpa. So like, please send her home. So like, I like freaking panic, get on a mo. There's, there's like these motorbike taxis. I get on one of those and I get home in like record time. And like, luckily I made it in time to have like a good four, five hours left with my grandpa. But he passed that day on the 23rd of May. Um, and right after it all kind of happened, it, it's, it, Philippine culture is kind of weird when someone passes because things just move really fast. There's no really like day to grieve. Like the second they pass, 
you call the morgue, they come within two hours and they take them away, set them up for their casket and by that night or within like eight hours, they're in their wake room and in the Philippines, wakes are seven days long and the direct family have to have someone like one to three people awake with the casket so their soul isn't by themselves basically as they cross over so it was just very intense and kind of the first it was like the first time I'd experienced anything like it um it was actually my first ever family death so it was just like impossible to process with how fast things were moving but yeah right after he passed kind of tasks were delegated it was like Shannon you and your cousins go to the grocery now get supplies for everyone at the wake so I like leave my house and Kurt's just standing outside he'd never come over before and he's just standing outside my house like I didn't I didn't know what to do but I knew I had to come over and that just like meant the world oh my god yeah I'm like he's like outside I'm being quiet (laughs) right now because I'm like I'm I'm seriously crying. I'm totally crying because I'm connecting. I've, I'm so yeah. connected with the story right now because, like, one, the anniversary of all this is coming up. Yeah, and like our our grandfathers passed away within the same week of each other, and oh. like he was the first so death in my family. Oh no, I know, dude. I was following you when it happened, and I was like, I felt, yeah. I felt what you were feeling, and it was just like, honestly, I'm feeling a lot of those feelings right now because it is the anniversary. Yeah. Coming up. So yeah. Anyways, you're, I just, to, to feel what you're going through and then to walk out of your house and to see this guy that you have all these feelings for just yeah. doing all the right things. It just is. Yeah, and he, he, I just, he was just so thoughtful. I like, couldn't, he was outside. He had like 10 coffees in his hand and he was like, I'm sure you guys need these. Um, and I was like, oh just God. get in the car with us. We're going to the grocery. Like, let's go. And he was just like with me every step of the way. And it was weird because I was still, like I said, I find it really hard to cry. And I think I was so in shock that I, the aftermath hadn't hit me yet. So I definitely cried. So the death was super emotional. It was like our entire family. So maybe like 20 of us in the room with him. My grandpa and I were the closest out of the grandchildren. So like he, his head was literally on my lap. My mom was on his left, my grandma on his right, and it was just all of us, like, with his favorite music on. He was really religious, so, like, everyone saying his favorite prayer around him, and, like, his last breath was just, like, really emotional, but I, like, I know he went in the best way he possibly could have. So that was definitely, like, an amazing thing to go through, but, like, the shock from that was something that just didn't hit me for ages, but we get to the grocery store and of course like the world works in mysterious ways and I walk in and this grocery store is usually playing like Filipino techno pop and like really obnoxious music really really loudly but it was playing like all of my grandpa's favorite songs like Elvis came on and then Frank Sinatra came on and I was just like what the heck is going on like I I'm so confused right now. So I would say this is like 2 p.m. Kurt has training at 4 and it Filipino traffic is no joke. Like he had to go, but he literally left at the last second, took a motor 
took a motorcycle taxi to his training. Like, it was just insane. Um, and right after training, he came straight over, showered at my house, came with me to the wake. And it, w- it was weird because he had never come over before, just because we, we like to keep the house kind of sacred for my grandpa as he was passing. So mm-hmm. we didn't want any strangers to come him come in and like confuse him or anything. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was just weird that like the first time he came over, it was that intense, but he was just so good about it all. Like my parents and the rest of my family kind of took him in instantly because they could just see that he had nothing but good intentions. Like he was helping everyone that day. Um, Yeah. It wasn't like he was showing up just to like gain brownie points. It was like out of the goodness of his heart and just like wanting to be there for you. Yeah. And like, I didn't have to ask, you know, he just knew. And like, for someone that's known me less than for less than a month, just to like, know what I need, what I want and what would make me feel better. Like, that's crazy to me. You shouldn't know that yet. Like, I'm not, like I said, I wasn't, I just wasn't very open when it came to relationships just because like my view on them was so tainted and he was just like doing everything right. So yeah, that was kind of when we both, well, when I knew at least. So he was there the whole wake process for a week straight, staying up every single night. And like for an athlete, I can't even imagine how that feels on on your body or like your mind when you need to be with it all the time. Right. But he was just there. And that's how my family like loved him, got to love him so much, like without fail, every single night he was there staying up all night with me taking the night shift with my cousins and like just bringing donuts for the kids and coffee for the parents like he was just so good what a what a fucking prince like i know i know every time i think about it and like think of his past relationships and like why did you ever get cheated on like what is happening you're so great you know i think it just goes to show that like it's just not gonna work when it's not yeah. with the right person completely and I didn't like but I did not believe in that until he like walked into my life but oh yeah the thing that was really weird that I didn't mention is that my grandpa and my ex's dad both passed on the same day and basically the oh, same yeah. time with with the time difference so like that was oh, bizarre it was like a divine it was like a divine closure and ending. Completely, yeah. yeah. Like an energetic it, cutting of, of your past. It was so strange. And, and it was weird because I kind of knew. Like we, after the first night, the parents were taking the first ship, staying up all night with him. So me and all my cousins and Kurt went to a bar just kind of to decompress after that whole day. And I was sitting there and I just had this feeling. I was like, something tells me I really need to check on John, but I don't know if I should right now because I'm like in such a good place with Kerr and I don't want him to feel uncomfortable. So I messaged our best friend instead and I was like, hey, like something feels off. Is everything okay? And then he told me and I was like, oh, what on earth is happening? So it was just like a really heavy moment, but it it, it kind of made me feel like maybe he would be at more peace now John himself because the process he was going through with losing his dad was so much longer and aggressive than losing my grandpa that I just really felt for him at that moment but I knew there was like some relief for him because he was in a lot of pain like a lot of pain and distress 
And I think the whole family were kind of like, hey, if you're ready to go, we're all ready as well. So as hard as it was for them, I knew, I knew John probably felt some strong relief that day. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't really feel like he needed me at that point. Like I didn't want a message and like in any way, shape or form, make him think that I was trying to make it about me or us. I just like told our best friend, like if ever he comes talks to you, which was unlikely because he was like a recluse, but if ever he does come talk to you and he needs somebody like, let me know. And like, I'm not like, I'm human enough to be there for him and give him a call. So but like after all of that have you guys like spoken or has it just Um, been like you and Kurt and like you just haven't thought about him ever since yeah it was kind of like I kind of went full speed ahead with Kurt and when I came to visit Austin in October I knew that obviously I would either run into him because Austin's tiny or he would definitely know that I was there because I had to finish packing my my things from our house I just Oh, that's right. Like you left and you never came back. Reconnect at some point. Yeah, I left and never came back out of anger and just like disappointment. I had my old roommate go pick up my dog and take him to his place just because I was like, I don't want him. I don't want my dog to get used to being with John and me taking him away from him will just be like so much more brutal. Yeah. Before I moved in full time with John. Lemon, my puppy, lived with me and my old roommate, and he had lots of, like, doggy brothers and sisters, so he was happy to go. Um, but, yeah, it was just I, – I, I really didn't want to go back to Austin. I wasn't ready, but, one, if I didn't go back when I did, I would lose my green card, so I had to. And, two, I needed all my things because I didn't know it was going to happen. I was like, he could get really angry one day and just, like, throw out all my stuff. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. Shit. Yeah. But, luckily – the friends the friends in the house like obviously had my back so I just kind of gave him a heads up that I was coming and it honestly like I really wasn't willing to have a big emotional conversation with him about anything because I was already over it and if he wasn't then in my head like it was kind of his fault and I didn't owe him an explanation I didn't get any closure so why should I help you in any way you know not that I'm like a tit for tat person I just wasn't willing to for like my own mental state no and you know you really have to choose your battles like let's be real Mm -hmm. some some things really aren't worth the energy especially when you kind of know the outcome yeah and I had like I even though I was so I am and was so happy in my relationship I always had like this underlying fear of like him saying the same things he used to say and being like let's give this one last shot like I just didn't want that to happen at all so you just didn't give I love that you just like didn't even give yourself the opportunity to fuck up yeah to yeah exactly and when I got there he was obviously he still lived in the same house and I made sure like my old roommates were there when I went to get my stuff I think it was my last night I had like this mini like very casual dinner I just put a post out on Instagram saying like hey it's my last night in Austin. Like, this is my official goodbye and parting with Austin. I'm going to be at Home Slice and then I'm probably going to go out afterwards. So if anyone wants to come say goodbye, just like come here between this time and this time. The next day I was supposed to leave. This like insane storm came through. My flight got delayed another day. And then um, he was actually really angry with me. He was, I got like an angry message that was like, how could you like not invite me? to your leaving party and I was like well one it wasn't like that and two 
why would I invite you? Like this, I wanted a night for once about me. Like I didn't get to say goodbye to any of my friends or the job that I loved and basically lived for. Like this was me giving myself one night about myself. So I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn, I'm putting my foot down and celebrating myself. And Austin, I've moved around my whole entire life. So me living in Austin for eight years, it's the longest I've ever been in one place. So I was just like, this is like a big deal for me. This is my first move as an adult alone without my parents, like dictating the move. So it's, this is about me and that's it. And at the same time, because there is a huge storm, my flight got canceled. You can imagine the kind of like psychotic anxiety I was feeling about traveling the next day. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't deal with this right now. Stop. Like, no, I was ready. I already, I already haven't slept for like yeah. a whole day. I can't do. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Like, why? Why is this happening? like all like the hurricane anxiety I was like what if I'm flying and, and the hurricane changes direction and I'm in <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the airplane like, what's gonna happen to me like I'm not laughing at your fears but it's just like I mean it makes sense it's just funny it's, I laugh about it it's <laughs> it's ridiculous because one my dad basically travels for a living my boyfriend travels for a living I used to I think last year alone I went on like 42 flights so it was just like what is wrong with me what is wrong with me that is so insane but you're not the only one I've heard this from there's like there's this girl that I I, um that I've taken her class before and she's the same way like she's like I I literally travel for a living and she's like I have a whole ritual before I get on the flight and and she's like yeah it's it's the same thing it's like your way of like having control when you have no control of the situation well the more I hear about it I'm like wow what a Virgo I am I was gonna say like that's so Virgo (laughs) of you (laughs) yeah every time I read into it I'm like I'm not a Virgo and then I think of my flight my flight crazy and I'm like okay never mind Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you went from this super toxic relationship with John Mm -hmm. and basically the the universe did everything in its power to break you guys up because I mean, I'm just like a big believer in divine timing and there's no fucking way that like, like this is so, it, it was just meant to be like you and Kurt were just yeah. meant to be the way that it went down. Like the fact that John's father and your grandfather passed away literally at the same mm-hmm. time. That was an omen of like releasing that part of your life. And then with Kurt and it just like being so effortless and him not wanting to take that girl anymore and him not being pushy and just like inviting you out and like being your friend. One, this is a fairy tale. And I, and I think, <laughs> yeah. And fairy tales can be super dark, but like, I think this just goes to show, I think so many people are are pessimistic and don't really believe in this, you know, and believe in love or, or, you know, sweeping somebody off their feet. But Mm -hmm. this is exactly that. Like you had to, you had to, this is not all rainbows and butterflies. Like you grew a lot of shit mentally and, and physically and, and, and you, I think you really got what you deserve. Now, am I saying like, I'm not, I, I can't see the future. I don't know. I really wish you and Kurt are together forever, you know, yeah. but as for like right now, like you two have, have found something and built something together where you're happy and you found each other when you were supposed to find each other. I don't think that it would have worked out if like you would have met him three years prior to that, when you were going through some shit with John and you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Like, it would have never have worked 
flawlessly. So like, never. I, yeah, guess- I never really believed in like, I, I had like a lot of trouble with spirituality, like up until last year, but just like, I started to believe in like the power of coincidence and just like everything that happened. I was like, there's no way that was an accident. Like that was definitely the universe rewarding me in some way or just like throwing me a bone and being like, you've had it rough. Like you deserve this. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you love somebody, it, it, it comes with grief. And I think that loving someone in itself is a sacrifice, whether that is, you know, whether that is a boyfriend or, you know, your grandfather. I think when you, when you really love someone, it's not selfish. It's truly selfless. Yeah. Um, because also, you know, when you love, when you, when basically like when you energetically agree to love somebody or something, you're also energetically agreeing to like the grief that comes with it eventually. And, and Completely. that is, that is a huge, huge step of vulnerability with another person. Yeah. And I just want to say that like, I, I do wish you to like the best and I am Thank so, you. yes, I am. I'm inspired <laughs> by you. I'm inspired by honestly so much that you, you do and, and your beautiful relationship and girl, you are so hot. You are so on fire. You're fucking doing <laughs> the damn you. thing. Like I know that I like, I know that like life has been really crazy and like shitty, but yeah. also like it's, I think we can agree that it's also very beautiful and you know, totally. I think- and I know like so many people kind of have that same toxic relationship and like you can love someone so much and just think that they're the end all be all but like women there is someone out there that I mean it just it just has to be more good than bad like more love than hurt like you shouldn't feel trapped or sad more than you are happy in a relationship or it's just not worth it and I mean it took me eight years and hell to figure that out you know but yeah do you feel like like you were do you feel like you were more anxious then with John than you were? Like, what is what is the difference in the way that you feel when John I walks just, into a room and then when Kurt does? Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely had all the attraction I needed with John, but it just, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel secure. It was just like, I know this person has my back and that they love me, but like, I don't feel 100% like certain on anything whereas with Kurt like even though you can't predict the future like there's no trust issues you know I had major trust issues with us it's just like very open it was there are never any questionable text messages at any time of night and if there is he's like who the heck is that and he'll you know be very open with me and vice versa if I get a message that's weird or like someone saying something they shouldn't like it's very much he's the first person I tell and like we have a really stable best friendship underneath everything that I think makes it so much stronger. Like, obviously I'm very attracted to him, but at the same time, like when I just need a friend, he can be that for me and I can be my complete self around him. And he, and I was, and that's who he fell in love with. Whereas I fell in love with John when I wasn't myself. I was shy. I was anxious. I just moved to a new place. I'd never lived in America before. I'd barely even been there. So it was just like two different versions of myself. And I kind of grew out of my old relationship without knowing I did. Mm. And then with Kurt, I just, I let go of so much. And 
just like felt so much relief from that bad breakup that I think I wasn't willing to be anyone, but like just my, the best version or only version of myself. So, Mm. and I mean, he goes through it, you know, he sees like when I have anxiety and he knows like when I'm in a kind of grumpy mood and he just kind of takes all of that and it's worth it for him. And it's just, there's, it's just so much more security and understanding than my last relationship. That's real. Oh, well, thank you for telling us your story of finding love when you least expect it. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Yes. No, I love this. I really do. I love hearing stories like this because I think more times than not, like I said earlier, people are very pessimistic when it comes to love or they tend to compromise and they feel like yeah. you can't you can't have it all, but I don't believe that. I think that we yeah. can have it all if you know you we can a hundred percent. Yes. Do you feel like you have it all with Kurt? I really do. Like there's there's nothing I would change about him, and I, I never ever ever believed in that before. Even before John, I was just kind of a skeptic on the whole thing. Or like if I if I did see a couple that like is as happy as Kurt and I are I would always be like oh my god like they are so lucky like it must be so rare to find that like I almost don't believe it's true and if it is it's like one in a million but I honestly think people just have to stop settling because when I was settling for those eight years like I truly do believe there are relationships similar to the one I have now that I could have had by like the friendship connections I'd made on the way but I just wasn't willing to. You can definitely have it all. And I think people just need to like assess what they want and like how they feel more. Because honestly, out of my friends, I know more unhappy couples than like really happy and fulfilled ones. And oh. I don't think it should be like that. No, absolutely. I That's kind of the mission. Let's empower women to like, mm-hmm. to know yourself and know what you want first. And I feel like the more you know yourself and know what you want, you can call that if you believe in the universe and you believe in this attraction and and energy, like then, you know, you call in what you want. Yeah. But if you're just, and it may not be as like instantaneous as ours was, but like, I definitely think you can just give yourself more by being open to it. So absolutely. Just, yeah. Just being open. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's it right there. (laughs) Hopefully you tell me a similar story soon. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. And do you want to plug yourself? Yeah, sure. Actually. Oh, so weird. I've never done this before. (laughs) Yeah, girl. Yeah. Love it. How do how do the people find you? (laughs) You can find me on Instagram at Shannon X Robinson if you want to follow um my gross relationship or um (laughs) keep in the loop about game streams, movies, potential songs that are taking way too long for me to push out. But um, <laughs> that is really my main platform for everything. And like all my Twitter and like my Facebook business account are all over there. So go okay. over there. This, this year should be good for me. If not this year, because of the mess that it is, next year will be great. <laughs> it's, all, it's all on the up and up. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. All right, guys. That is going to do it for today's episode. If you haven't already followed Shannon on Instagram, you can follow her at Shannon X Robinson, and you can check out pictures of her. She's got some super hot pics on there. She also 
has pics of her and her boyfriend being stupid cute. You know, basically all that stupid shit, the stupid, disgusting, lovey-dovey shit. It's all on there. Go check it out. Go follow her. She's awesome. As for takeaways of this episode, guys, I'm going to try and keep it simple. We got to quit settling. What the fuck? (laughs) People want to fight me on this. I don't give a shit. I really do think that there is somebody that is really right and good for somebody out there. Like our our life partner is out there. Life partner in quotations. Uh, it's a whole nother story. I mean, love is present, yada, yada, yada. But somebody out there wants to do things for you that your boyfriend, let's just say your boyfriend doesn't want to do those things. Somebody does. You don't have to convince somebody to do anything for you because like someone is just going to love you and, and want to do things, want to be there for you just out of the bottom of their heart, just because they just fucking love the shit out of you. Not because you had to convince them to love the shit out of you. They're just like, well, I just already love the shit out of you. Like, it's that simple. Like, why are we trying so hard? Like, why are we trying so hard for love? Why are we putting up with so much shit, guys? Fucking, ah, I can't quit putting up with the bullshit. And I get it because we all have to. I've had to put up with my bullshit. Like I've been in those relationships looking back on it where you're like, what the fuck? I get it. We all have to go through it. Honestly, we all have to experience to 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 learn our lessons. But just remember when you find yourself in a situation where you feel like you're trying to make somebody love you or you're trying to change yourself or you're trying to convince to somebody of how amazing you are, stop yourself. And let yourself know that if they don't see it, they don't see it. (laughs) It's that simple. And the people that do see it, oh my God. Literally, it's just going to be like effortless flow into your life. They're going to be like, oh my God, I'm so into that. Let me go over there. Like, you know, you don't have to try. Flow. Fucking flow. I don't know. All right. We're done here. This is the end of the episode. All right. Subscribe if you want to get updated when I put more of these out. Rate it if you thought it was good or if you thought it was bad. I'd rather you not rate it if you thought that was bad, but like rate this shit. Okay, rate it. Review it. Oh, leave me a review. Leave me a re- I'd love that. Leave me a nice little note. You know, only love here, guys. Subscribe, rate, review. All right? It helps me out. It makes me look good. And I'd appreciate it. Like I said earlier in the episode, I'm working on some new stuff. So uh, I might be bringing content to you a little sooner than the than the usual two weeks. So I will be keeping you up to date on what I decide to do about all that masturbation information. Uh, yeah, just, just stay up to date with me on Instagram. And if we're not already buddies on the social media, <laughs> yeah, then you could totally add me and stay up to date. Uh, Shamey Wentz podcast on Instagram. You know what, guys? I love you. I love you. Let's all just have a great week. Get your rocks off and put a smile on your face. All right. (laughs) I'll see you next time.